Hi, hello, and welcome to K Out and About, a podcast about my random travel occurrences. This is season one, episode 18, The Legal Aliens. And today I'm recording outside because it's nice weather and I've been ill. And finally I'm sitting, I'm sitting outside in the garden and it's really nice. So I'm hoping this recording really, really goes well. I finished the previous episode with the ball and promised to talk a bit more about the drinking culture in the UK. In Sheffield, I started noticing things. I got a bit of a shock, but I still thought it was more of an exception rather than a general thing. The shock itself had to do more with the image I had of the UK being totally skewed. I grew up with a certain respect for the country, you know, the industrial revolution, the scientists, the breakthroughs, the leadership internationally, the literature, and that got shattered in Sheffield. And part of it was the drinking. First, I noticed them on the streets, the drunks. I think it was uh, February. They were, as a group of people, half-dressed. I mean, we were, like, in coats, you know, gloves, scarves, hats, and some of them had, like, T-shirts and, you know, open bellies, shirt skirts. Some of them were crawling, and there was even one guy dragging a girl on the pavement because she was too drunk to walk. And that was the middle of the week. And no one at home would believe me. And of course, you know, that was one instance. That was the first time I kind of noticed it. But I just kept saying it a lot, like more and more. And again, no one in Poland would believe. And they're like, oh, no, come on. So after Easter, uh, I brought my camera, uh, my video camera with me. And I recorded one evening. Uh, A lot of people from Halifax went out. And we went to the same place. Vodka Republic? Vodka Kingdom? I don't remember. We were drinking, they were drinking. Difference was, when we were back at Halifax, sitting at the bar around, I don't know, 1am, 2am, we were just, you know, having a nice chat, still having a beer, uh, you know, just enjoying the company. And they would crawl on the floor, um, trying to play pool. Actually, I think two of them were trying to have sex on the pool table. Uh, the rest of them just, I don't know, muttering something. Uh, there was someone throwing up as well. That's not on the recording, by the way. Thank God I turned off the camera before that happened. And it felt like it, if it was like a competition, who gets shit-faced first? Uh, you know, because of course, otherwise you can't have fun. And don't get me wrong, I have done my fair share of getting super drunk. Like, believe me. But I think we have a very different way of drinking. And since then, it got confirmed during my years in London. And so when someone tells me, oh, yeah, Polish people, you drink a lot, I ask them politely, have you been to the UK? And I will probably talk uh, a little bit more about it uh, when I tell you about my work life uh, a few years later. Uh, And that, I think, life... In London, it did, it did change my attitude towards um, alcohol generally. Not just that, but um, but it had a huge influence. The next thing, the next thing were uh, the English. I can honestly say I remember only a few people, uh, you know, the nice ones. Uh, there was Katie, who worked in the kitchen in Halifax, and we also got to know her through salsa classes. There was a boyfriend whose name I don't remember. I want to say Mike, but I might be totally wrong. Could have been Kevin. Such a cute couple, though. 
there was also there were also two girls that wanted to learn Polish. I think one of them was half Polish actually. Ruthie and Joanna, I think. A fucking amazing achievement. It, it is a difficult language to learn. Um, and we met a couple of times, uh, you know, just to chat in Polish because they wanted to practice. There was also a weirdo in Halifax, and we called him Spike because he reminded us of the guy from the movie Notting Hill. Not sure what his real name was. I don't know, Stuart. Uh, but he definitely was an entertainment in the in Halifax, and the only Brit who would really, you know, speak to everybody. Um, one of the British professors uh, was really, really amazing um, a person, and he was a very inspiring kind of uh, a teacher. Most of our stuff in the student hall, um, especially the guards at reception, they were they were nice, and that's it. The rest just either ignored us, well, me. Uh, completely, or they were just total douchebags. And I do realize my attitude wasn't helping, but let me share you three stories from pretty much the first month. So it would have been February, maybe beginning of March. And you'll maybe understand better what I was getting myself into and where my attitude was also coming from. Uh, I don't, I don't know why, I don't remember why, I went, uh, in Halifax, I went downstairs to the bar to get a bottle of water. Now, I don't know why, because I don't normally drink water, so, but for some reason I was, I needed a bottle of water, and um, I went to the bartender and I asked him, I was like, can I have a bottle of water? To which his response was, what? Can I have a bottle of water? What? Um, and that conversation went on for a few minutes and I don't know if he was trying to pull my leg or uh, I don't know, or he just really didn't understand what I meant. Uh, after, after a few minutes, he just looked at me and said, oh, you mean a bottle of water? And that was it. Uh, I, I was not amused by the way. <laughs> then another situation was at the post office because those were the days uh, when people still were sending postcards and I bought a few from Sheffield and I was planning to send them home. So uh, I went to the post office to buy stamps. So I asked the, you know, after queuing in a long queue, um, I asked the girl, can I have a few stamps, uh, you know, for postcards to Poland? And I don't know if she remember if she asked me for um, the region or something. My response was, um, well, it's in Europe. It's just not in the European Union. Because, you know, the, I thought maybe the price is different, you know, obviously. And her reply was, oh, so not Europe. And I said, no, 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 it is Europe, just not the European Union. Oh, so not in Europe. And again, that conversation went on for a few minutes. And I almost, you know what, if there were some smartphones then, I probably would have taken out uh, my phone and showed her the map of Europe. Because I was getting really, really annoyed. I just couldn't understand what was so difficult in grasping the concept of, you know, the continent of Europe and... the European Union, like, the difference is obvious, right? Uh, so, yeah, that was another one. Um, the last one I remember uh, from the first month, because uh, I think we were queuing somewhere, uh, and in the queue we were just chatting, and people turned around. Uh, it was probably, again, uh, Laura Belinda and me, um, and somebody turned around and started, like, I don't know, just chatting with us. Well, chatting with us, shouting at us, really, because they stood, you know, a few meters away. And at some point they were like, oh, yeah, you're from Czechoslovakia. And we kind of looked at each other like, well, 
Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore. Again, 2002. Um, and we were trying to sort of, you know, say it. And he just started laughing. And again, to this day, I don't know if it was a joke he made, like maybe an inside joke that him and his friends got. I don't know. Or maybe he really didn't know that Czechoslovakia didn't exist anymore at, at the time. And <laughs> let me tell you as well, because I think this is a good moment to mention that, um, about some weird shit I did not expect at all. And it was the pain in my butt so many times. I have, I have lost count. You come across this thing in a lot of places in the UK. And I will never, ever understand. I refuse to understand because... There's simply no logical reason to continue with that madness. I'm, of course, talking about the water taps. I don't care why one day, a long time ago, someone decided that it made sense to have them, uh, you know, the two streams of water separately. What I care about is that nobody did anything about it, although we are now in the 21st century. If you have never visited the UK or were just lucky enough to never experience that nightmare of a thing, let me explain. In the bathroom, in your sink, and often in a tub as well, if there's a tub, um, the water doesn't mix. Uh, there's a tap for cold and there's a tap for hot. Now, sometimes they're close enough uh, to each other that, you know, when you move your hands quickly underneath them, uh, you mix the water as it flows. Or simply, um, you can then buy a normal fucking tap and install it. Or there, there are actually tap adapters you can buy and sort of attach to the, to the two separate ones. But in many places, you will find those taps at opposite sides of the sink. So your hands and consequently your face uh, either freeze or burn. Now, one person was trying to convince me when I asked, uh, you know, how the fuck do they live with that? that you just fill up the sink with the water at the temperature of your choosing and then you wash yourself in that. Now, my point is, I wash my hands before I wash my face because they're, you know, slightly dirty-ish. If I first do that in the fill-up sink, I would then put that water I just wash my hands in right on my face or into my mouth if I'm brushing my teeth. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the days we used to uh, use the same bath water for all family members have long gone. So why? Why do we still do that? Why would we do that to our faces? I mean, just no. No, it's not the same. It's not clean. Like, no, just no. As simple as that. But while on the topic of cleanliness, uh, let me tell you one more shocking thing from Sheffield. So I mentioned there were about, I don't know, 12, 14 rooms on each floor. So let's say on our floor there were 13 girls, including uh, us four foreigners. In the bathroom there were two showers and a bathtub. So the four of us usually coordinated between each other when we would use them. I mean, we had different schedules, so normally not a problem. Uh, just when we would plan to go out together or we just came back from a little jog. Um, now, during the whole semester... I don't remember even one instance that I would go to have a shower and they were engaged by other girls. Not sure about Laura, Belinda and Sonia, um, if, you know, if they ever had to wait, uh, if they ever seen others in the bathrooms. I never did. 
And I'm not trying to claim that they never showered. Because I remember later in London, I joined a gym. And a huge part of that reason was to avoid the bathroom um, at the house uh, at any cost. Because I had to share it with six or seven people at the beginning. So, of course, I understand that that could have been the case uh, then as well. But for all of them, um, you know, just just saying, uh, maybe they showered in the middle of the night when we were sleeping. I don't know. Now, there was very uh, one very, very surprising thing I actually learned in Sheffield, and that was dancing salsa. Uh, we even joined uh, the Student Salsa Society, I think it was called. It was so much fun. And once we learned sort of the basics, especially me and Belinda, because Laura already had an idea how to dance salsa, uh, all the Sundays we would go to this club and just dance away. One annoying thing um, is that, you know, because I always have to find something annoying and everything, um, is that to dance salsa you kind of need a partner. And men from our course are in the UK, they're rather shy about asking uh, to dance. And also, generally, they, you know, they can't dance to save their lives. There are also exceptions, of obviously. Um, however, once uh, the pros saw that we could dance, uh, it got a lot easier because then we just got asked by them. And by pros, I mean generally guys from Latin America because they just, they just know they have to. I mean, otherwise they don't get dates, I think. I don't know. But they all know how to dance. Apart from learning uh, to dance salsa, which was, oh my God, till this day... I love it. There's one more thing uh, that definitely improved, and that's, of course, my English. With the girls, uh, we quite quickly discovered a magic phrase that kind of, for us, was the essence of Englishness at the time. I think, in a way, it still is. Uh, you know how the Brits don't often um, say what they mean, or rather, they use a phrase that can mean anything. So you just go ahead and interpret it, you know, yourself. You, you just might be wrong. Our phrase was, it's quite nice, I guess. First, it's the word quite. Sometimes it's good, sometimes not so much. And then the very vague, I guess. Not I think or I believe. No, no, no. I guess. Which again could mean that you agree or disagree. Or you might be also quite dismissive. Until today, I use it with uh, full awareness um, you know, to uh, sometimes hide my intentions uh, or like either to be totally vague or I just don't care what someone's saying. Uh, now, if you ever hear me using it in a conversation with you, don't get discouraged. I kind of began using it uh, automatically. However, indeed, often when I don't want to disclose my true opinion or I don't have an opinion on the topic or I just don't want to get into a fight over some stupid thing. So next time, if you need, uh, if you are in need of saying something, uh, you know, use it and enjoy the power of vagueness. You know, it can be quite nice, I guess. And now, a story, a short story about me smuggling drugs. I mentioned that uh, I went home for Easter. Uh, we kind of had to because uh, otherwise we would have to pay additional rent for the student hall uh, for those three weeks. And we had to empty our rooms. I think they were probably renting them out. Uh, I don't know. But we had to pack everything, uh, put it in the storage. And then after three weeks, we would come back and then, you know, get the rooms uh, again, the same rooms. Anyway, after Easter, of course, we came back with different set of clothing, other knickknacks. Like, you know, for example, I brought my camera with me. What I didn't realize was that I also brought something else. 
One evening when we went salsa dancing, of course, um, I took a little bag with tobacco to roll some cigarettes uh, for me and my friends. Rolling was so much cheaper than buying actual cigarettes and we only smoked maybe like once a week. Um, and also the, the, this tobacco, I still had it from Poland because I brought with me this backpack. I haven't used it in ages. And um, I knew there was just this little bag of tobacco. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll take it. We'll use it. So... I open the bag, ready to roll, and to my surprise, I find there a small plastic bag with a tiny bit of weed. I don't remember anymore where I actually had it from, but it was there. And it must have been there for a very long time, as I mentioned. I haven't used that backpack for ages. Oh, sorry, the cat came over now and he wants to play. Atlas, leave me alone. Uh, now, of course, uh, this was a little bit of a scary thought because I realized I had it with me. I crossed several borders with it uh, on the bus. And, you know, fuck it. That was a, a little bit of a scary thought. And, of course, we had a brilliant idea to smoke it um, at a special occasion, which came in June. I think it was the day we went to the cinema to watch Star Wars, the new Star Wars. And by new, I mean the ones that came out in 2002. So not the original ones, the good ones, just the probably the worst ones. Uh, the weather was so nice. We decided to take some blankets out and uh, we had like an evening picnic outside after the cinema. And people started to join us. Uh, there was, of course, uh, enough alcohol for a regiment. Uh, someone brought a guitar, as someone always does in those situations, and uh, we smoked the joint. And the night finished with uh, deep discussions. Uh, I think one of them was about what sounds worms make. And, of course, us singing, uh, where the lions sleep tonight. Now... Let, I'll leave you with that image. <laughs> now let's get uh, to the legal aliens, because that is the title of this episode. It turned out there was this little thing, like a group, a photo for each student hall, which was amazing. But then we could also get a pic with a smaller group of people. Um, and somehow we ended up, I don't know, uh, 40 people, maybe 30, 40 people, all exchange students from around the world. And for some weird reason, uh, when the guy who was taking the picture asked how he should title it, I opened my mouth and said, legal aliens, probably more as a joke, uh, but no one else said anything. And my voice can sometimes sound authoritative. So when we finally got the picture, the title was indeed legal aliens. And so I'm terribly sorry if, you know, some because many people probably don't know the story that are in the picture. So if they ever hear it, yeah, that, that's my fault. Now, looking back, back at, my time, at my time in Sheffield years later, and by looking I mean at the pictures, it seems like I had a good time. I can only tell the parties apart because I was wearing different outfits. Uh, so it wasn't all bad, of course. And the most important thing, I still have my friends from those days. Shout out to Belinda and Laura. Maybe we should talk a bit more often to keep more up to date with each other's lives, but at least it's good to know that they're there and, you know, we'll always have Sheffield. At the time when I was leaving, on the bus, of course, from the Meadowhall Mall parking lot with a 24-hour journey ahead of me, I remember turning to um, Laura and Belinda and one of the last things I said that my foot will never step in the country again. So next time... I will tell you about how I actually ended up in the UK after swearing so vehemently that I wouldn't. The episode will be titled The Jobs. 
Thanks for listening and until next time.